0: I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is a podcast where we talk about everything tabletop role-playing games. And today we are
1: talking about designing a campaign. Cast.
0: Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm feeling uh, the creative energies are... I've stored them inside of me for the weeks I was sick, and now <laughs> I'm going to release them into oh, wow. all these Dungeon Cast episodes I'm today. Yes, that's right. It's going to flood out into the audio and into your ears. Fantastic. Make a constitution saving throw, (laughs) everyone. Well, Brian, uh, the patrons have
1: spoken. They have. And we here at the Dungeon Cast have heard their call. In a single, semi-unanimous voice, their cry echoed from the very abyss itself, and it hath been divined.
0: Yes, and it it swirls around in there a bunch. There's a lot of reflective points, Mm -hmm. and it blasts out cone-style like a horn. Absolutely. You know, in like an old Greek theater. Yep, yep. Uh, yep. And it resonated, and it, br- it, My eardrums bled, but I now. Ha- I'm now compelled to do what the patrons said. Absolutely, yeah. So let it be thus. Let it be thus. <laughs> so
1: we're gonna teach you guys how we go about designing a campaign. Um, I'm go. I. So I am beginning to see a pattern. Oh, yeah. I'm beginning to see a pattern from our patrons mm-hmm. where they like to vote in Dungeon Master stuff.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of our earlier episodes, the big hitters with the core audience, as I like to call all of you, uh, were Dungeon Master campaign topics. There's a lot of mm-hmm. popularity with those still on YouTube. And uh, I think it. I think we've been pivotal as a community and a show. uh you know, helping new DMs birth themselves from the ether, <laughs> right? Right, absolutely, uh, and, and get the courage and the inspiration to run their own games, and and we want to definitely continue that. So yeah. y- you were saying we've kind of done something like this before. Yes, we have. Uh, I
1: I don't know what that episode was called. It would have been it would have been in the within the first hundred episodes of, of the show. It's
0: probably called creating a campaign. It we probably that's yeah. probably
1: what it was called. Um, but it's been a long time since we did any of those original Dungeon Mastering. Yeah, episodes. were those year
0: one episodes? Those
1: were year one and two episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, now we're on year like six or seven. Yeah. So it's probably
1: a really good thing to get back to these subjects and see what's changed, what's evolved, developed in our
0: techniques, our styles, our outlooks over the last five years. Yeah. Will and I have both finished our own campaigns mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, things are the scope is opened. at this point for us
1: for those of you who are curious about those old episodes because i also had the thought i was like i'm sure there's people who i don't know have jumped into episode 150 and never went back i'm I'm sure that there's like Um, especially
0: on youtube the topic you like is what you go look at first right
1: exactly um but if if you are curious about those old episodes your best bet is to find the dungeon mastering playlist on youtube uh, otherwise, you could probably search them out on the podcast feed. Just look up uh, Dungeon Mastering and should pull up all the ones that we titled that way.
0: Yeah, um, and if this is your first episode, welcome to the show. Please hit the Indeed. like and subscribe if Indeed. you're uh, here from YouTube. And hi, it's mm-hmm. nice to see all of you. Mm-hmm. Or if I don't see you, you see me. <laughs> Is it nice to see me? Let me know in the comments. Um, but yeah, let's. should we get into it? Let's get into it, yeah. Okay.
1: So I have a bullet list, as, as I do, and I have ordered it in the chronological order that I usually tackle when I'm writing up a campaign. Okay. Um, so I was thinking that we could just go down it uh, one thing at a time and talk about each point as they come. Uh, I want to preface this by saying uh, that this is my personal style, my personal approach to campaign design, uh, it may not be yours. In fact, I would imagine for most people, it definitely won't be theirs. Um, but I'm sure that there are going to be parts to my style that will be useful and can be integrated or learned from
0: by your style. Yeah, I'm going to be jumping in um, yeah. like on Will's notes and, and mm-hmm. sort of rolling off of that. I, I have like a looser, like, you know, uh, there's less structure in the way I world build than, right. than writing down notes. In uh, certain aspects. And then I found that once I started uh, with this like cloud of ideas. Uh, like a brainstorming sheet, if you will, I then organize it into a structure. Right. So it it starts like that for me. So So first up uh, is coming
1: up with a premise. Uh, This could be coming up with the basic idea of a setting or campaign concept. For me personally, it's almost always a setting concept. But the important thing is to explore this concept and figure out its genre. And its its scale. Yeah, its scale, the vibes, the style of it. Uh, Also, the narrative themes that you might want be explored in this concept
0: yes and and if you're not too familiar with what narrative themes are or should be they're usually like obvious points like uh, you know is love a part of your story or you know heroism adventure Mm -hmm. like what's the core thing you're looking for to display in your storytelling yeah yeah absolutely um so i have a couple
1: examples here the number one would be uh superpower saga a setting of dragon star
0: um, and then that's the my most recent campaign that I finished. Which, yes, which, and we have recorded it, and yeah. it aired on its own special podcast feed mm-hmm. and on YouTube. So if you guys want to check that out, it's awesome. I play in it along with your special guest, Jake, and a uh, friend of the show, Josh Freeland.
1: And then the currently uh,
0: in production on Hallowed, right? Yes.
1: So for Dragon Star, the premise, D&D, the premise was D&D, fast forward into the distant future. We're going 100,000 years of the future, and I'm going to come up with how things have developed. It's going to yes. be high magic high technology uh, technology these things are going to be met and intertwined in a way that like, it, it would make sense for it to be because they're not going to just stay separate. Yes. Um. There's going to be space politics. There's going to be, it's, I want it to be a sweeping space opera.
0: Yeah, it's, um, what is it? Science fantasy, space fantasy? Science fantasy, space opera, whatever.
1: It's yeah. uh, It's hard
0: to define like any good, you know, story, but that's just the best you could probably put yeah, it in. Yeah, it, it is very good. You should go check it out. And and we're currently writing um the the setting book for it. We, we had a, a successful Kickstarter campaign that dropped and we're, there's going to be uh, a backer kit in place for people that missed that yes. to get their hands on a copy. Very of that book.
1: soon we we're aiming for the first week of April, but more on that when we when we know a bit more.
0: Yeah, maybe that'll be a long rest thing for this episode. Yeah, we can kind of update people on the on the Kickstarter. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Um, uh, and then
1: finally, dragons in space and what does that look like? Right. This was my. It looks cool, by the way. My conception. <laughs> it does look cool, um, but uh, that's that was my first thing that I did. Come up with a premise and then work from there. Yeah. For yeah. unhallowed, um. Gothic horror meets D&D was my idea here. I really want some Shadowfell influence going on. Uh, and one of the main things was I wanted this to be a thing where we come into the story after the quote unquote bad guys have already won. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not you guys got to stop the bad guys. No, it already. It's over. This is the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the vibe I wanted. And I wanted to build a campaign based off that premise. Yeah,
0: that's cool. So for for mine, uh, mm-hmm. I have a couple as well. We have... A- I've actually uh, tried and failed a couple of times at a podcast version of uh, of a campaign setting for me that we called Super Quest Ultra before Super Quest mm-hmm, Saga, mm-hmm. and it was it was good, but I think we just took too, too much on at once, and like it was it was a big learning curve. And there was some stuff there, but you know we. It would decided be really cool to, to revisit
1: on. that setting because I think the setting was super cool.
0: I mean, Omega is kind of is sort of that in a way okay, okay. it's it's like a like okay it literally is like so i had that failure right mm-hmm. and and we learned a lot from it and we said okay let's do super quest saga instead it's ready to go and it it worked out um and then super quest omega is the next thing i'm trying to do and then the ogl thing happened and it like oh i don't want to do anything dungeons and dragons related i do want to go back to it eventually we will mm-hmm. and that is kind of a reimagining of, okay, if I had all the tools that I have now, what would I do this time? Right. And so a lot of the themes and concepts that I wanted to use in that campaign are going to transition over. Okay. I don't think this is necessarily helpful for people like, like well, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And and sometimes failing – but some, the lesson is sometimes failing is the inspiration. It's, it's a um, – those embers are still in the fire that you're trying to create. That is your creativity and you Absolutely. can stoke them and make something new. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be doing the things I was doing without that experience. Yeah. But the thing I did next was flashbang bang and the surgeon, which was going on during super quest sagas recording on Patreon, Yeah. which is now on a feed it's being released. Um, and that's going to be a weekly thing. I decided now instead of this weird other schedule that we were doing more <laughs> about that later, but we, we, I I was looking at myself as a dungeon master and saying, okay, well, I tried a a homebrew campaign, all all original stuff with some great people, and it just didn't work out as a production thing. I think as a game it was. As a game it was great. Yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) It just didn't translate to like, uh, there were there were just a lot of missteps, right, and, and things we had to learn, like I said. But the next one, I was like, okay, I want to do an audio-only thing. I love Batman, the animated series. I love Batman, but specifically the show that inspired me as a kid was the animated series yeah. version of the show. Yeah. I said, what if I could turn these into, like, these would be really digestible as D&D mm-hmm. sessions. It would probably, like, you know... Be succinct and listenable, right? Because D D campaigns can be five hours, like a session oh, yeah, can yeah. be five hours Definitely. easy. And there might be a lot of stuff in there that, like, ah, I don't really want to go and cut a lot of stuff out. I don't have the time. I'm working on all these other shows. And it was a really great way to for me to like, okay, how can I Dify this, but still keep the integrity of a Batman episode in here. And it was just using the script and be like, well, they kind of already did it when they wrote it. They just mm-hmm. were like, OK, Batman's going to fail here and here. And so I'll make checks that are high or mm-hmm. whatever. The DC here is high. Batman couldn't do it. So, mm-hmm. like, it's going to be tough. Sometimes those things worked out. Sometimes they didn't. And we rolled with the punches and it made for a really fun campaign. Yeah. Um, And, and that was the inspiration of building that world. I, I took a forgotten realm setting that was like Gotham City in Waterdeep. And I was like, that would be a cool place to have a superhero street level superhero campaign. Yeah. Neverwinter is a great spot too. You could totally do the same thing in Neverwinter as Metropolis or Baldur's Gate too. Baldur's (laughs) Gate. You just kind of learn enough about the city, look at a map, and then you can kind of overlay that stuff into that world. And, you know, now we're a rogue and a monk or whatever, or a barbarian and a monk slash rogue in this setting are going to be the superheroes instead of like whatever the fuck Batman is, which is like Mm -hmm. the biggest multi-class table ever of high level shit, all at level 20, (laughs) you know, peak human. Um, But yeah, we have, we have um, like points of failure that are baked into those episodes and, and, you know, that story arc feels, feels good. And, and that was a cool way to make a campaign was to sort of lift off of something else that exists and, Make it enough my own to yeah. have it be something different. right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. That kind of feeds into my next step here. My personal one is after I got my premise, um, the next thing I do is I put together a set list of, quote unquote, inspirational sources, right? Cool. So like many of us, I have uh, enjoyed a plethora of media in my life. Uh, books, games, movies, shows, etc. Some have had an immense amount of influence on my tastes and personal growth. So what I like to do is pick through this mental library of mine and choose five to ten sources that I want to evoke or be reflected in my work. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes in an overt or even humorous way, but mostly in a more subtle way. Uh, my goal is to take pieces of these important materials
0: and try and make pieces of my setting make me feel the same way that they do. I think that's the key thing here is is you're using this to build your setting and and... You have to try to not impose these things onto your players. Mm-hmm. The The hardest thing is like when people are writing books and stuff and they're, they're making cha- their own characters are going to live in that story and they're in control of all the pieces. Right. You're not in control of no. all the pieces for D&D. Mm-hmm. Your heroes are going to you have to know your heroes. Yes. And build around them. Mm-hmm. And they have to live in your setting as their characters. Right. So. Yeah. You guys are operating in tandem, and and so you that, are, that is important so. that you wrote it that way. To yeah. me, I think. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, I find giving myself the set amount of as inspirational materials gives what I am uh, working a consistent vibe or flavor. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I have like I have these ingredients, right? Yeah. And I'm picking from these ingredients, and I'm trying not to go too far outside of them. And it's giving my dish, if you will, a very particular flavor. Yes. Um, so for Dragon Star, this list was. Uh, the anime Outlaw Star, the anime Muyo, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Final Fantasy series, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, um, some Pokemon, Saga the Comic Series, Wheel of Time series, Stormlight Archives, and 4th edition D&D. Cool.
0: And that was yeah. basically it. There's almost, uh, there's a little bit of Legend of Dragoon. That's it. Yeah, Powerpuff Girls style creates some yeah. some shit, you know. Yeah. Or Professor, Professor. Yeah. His name was Professor X, huh? Uh, I think it was Professor X, That's yeah. kind of a weird name. Is it Professor X? No, Professor uh, Plutonium. That's his name. Also a weird name. Yeah, also a weird name. But
1: yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I love Powerpuff Girls.
0: Oh, Chemical X. That's uh yes, yeah, it, so it was
1: Chemical X. I tried to show my stepdaughter Powerpuff Girls that she was not into
0: Powerpuff it. Girls is the inspiration for the the like, you know, the intro voice I'm doing on FBats and stuff. Or oh, like whenever yeah, I do yeah, my yeah. like, old timey transatlantic radio guy voice, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like, well, the Powerpuffs did it right. They, yeah, <laughs> super so, did, super did. And that was modern enough for my reference, yeah. my frame of reference to do that. Um, um, F bats opens up with some like you know on this episode of blah 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 and yeah, I, I do that voice. I, it, it changes so drastically from the early ones to the later ones develops, as it develops. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so for unhallowed, um, uh, my set. Oh, okay, list. real
0: quick, what is unhallowed for people that don't know? Unhallowed is a. I know you kind of said already. Yeah, but.
1: it's an um a gothic horror slash dark fantasy, um. Tabletop RPG game. We started with 5th edition. We moved it over to Pathfinder 2nd edition. It's not available yet, but it will be soon. Yeah, it's not available yet. We are... It's going to be a high-level production with full music score, sound effects, voice acting, all this other stuff. Doing it big. Uh, We're trying to do it big. Um, And it takes place in a world where these three entities called the Unhallowed have, over the course of centuries, conquered most of the known world and... Uh, really, the world is, is being swallowed whole by, by the Shadowfell and the Plane of Shadow in general. And the heroes, it's a small group of heroes, are being sent by the uh, the Order of the Unconquered Sun, which is like the last remnant of powerful religion left in, in this universe, uh, to try and assassinate these beings because uh, the, the war itself has just been a terrible war of attrition, and they are just losing more and more ground. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, that it's it's coming out in
0: the future, but that's the basic of it. Yeah, we're in the recording phase and some post production phase, but yeah, yeah. Um, and and it is good idea to name your your settings. It's, it makes it's cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, it helps. Um, so my my set inspirational material list for this setting is Castlevania, both the series, uh, both the the, the series game and the show. Castlevania series. Yeah, yeah, the the video game series and the show. More the video game series than the show, but the show has its place. Uh, Elden Ring, Bloodborne, uh, the Helsing anime, just folklore and mythology, um, mostly European in this case because of the nature of, of what I'm writing. Yeah, like some cryptid stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Vampires, werewolves, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and then uh, some stuff from uh, Dennis L. McKiernan's uh, Mythgar series. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Um, what's that movie uh, series? Um, mm. y- Vampires, werewolves, uh, female protagonists. Um, True Blood? <laughs> like, no, not true. But what are we it's, it's about? a movie. It's a series it's, of movies. Oh, Underworld. Underworld. Yeah, Underworld. That, I love them. Underworld. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I was like, I feel like that should be here. I don't know if it is or not. If that's, uh, uh, it's not just because that's so modern. That's true. Maybe it, it's like more background. Yeah. Like, oh, you're right. It's like. Uh, They feel like Resident Evil movies kind of like there's guns and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Which I do love those movies, but it's not
1: that much of an influence on what I'm doing, but it it might be. You have a more medieval take on things. Yeah, yeah. So as I'm doing all of this with with my set material list and my concept, I'm usually also doing the big heavy lifting of cooking up the villain or villains, right? Uh So I come up with a concept or a name, and then I build a mythos about uh, the villain in my head. Um, I think of events that would have likely occurred due to this entity or entities um, and what plans and machinations it might be laying the groundwork for. Um, this fleshes out the antagonist and setting at the same time. So Also, it's important to have compelling villains because a compelling villain interacting with your setting by proxy begins to make
0: your setting that much more compelling. Yes, I mean, you want somebody interesting. You know, what's going to make people try to stop someone? Right, exactly. And, and it's it's... The kind of style that we're using here is when we say we're like using these ingredients, we're not we, – th- th- those things are going through the Will filter. Mm-hmm. They're going through Will's brain and then they're coming out onto paper and it becomes something new. Yeah, And that's yeah. like the kind of thing that I think is, is what we're trying to embody here we're not like saying to plagiarize anything necessarily. Like probably don't plagiarize stuff, especially if you're doing what we're doing and like making like content for people. We don't want to like steal someone's work, but the media that you, you ingest is going to like influence you to make, I was like, I want to make something like this. It's, it's still going to be original. We're not saying like, well this, and maybe we are in some cases saying that I want this specific scene and It's like a lift off of like Tenchi Muyo or whatever, you know, Mm. whatever, whatever thing you choose. But it still lives within like this construct that is unique to you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just want to be clear about that, too, because we're not I'm not. It's a good place to start to be like. Well, I love Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, mm-hmm. and I really want a campaign arc with layers like that. I mean, but all at the same time, if you want to just run a Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood campaign, you can. You, you totally can. Yeah. It, you can totally do a lift off of that. There's still That's the other thing, though. It's still going through the U filter. It's yeah. not going to be exactly, you know, it, well, it's going to be an effort to make it exactly Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. You're yeah. going to have the player freedom, right? Yeah, you have the player freedom,
1: but my point is like you could just set it in that world with those rules and those cities and whatnot.
0: Yeah, there's a last Airbender um, mm-hmm. RPG. Yeah, exactly. Out that we want to run on super short saga. Mm-hmm. I think Jake is looking into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to like the the technique here is like not. Like yeah, complete, you're right. A complete lift.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, that's not really you writing at that point. Yeah. Um, but the villains uh, that I would have been doing this for with Dragonstar would have been the God Emperor, as like probably the big one. Mm-hmm. The freelancers, Danathar. If you've seen the show, you kind of know who we're talking about the nameless one, Yarlethotep all that other stuff. Yes. Um, and for Unhallowed, obviously for spoiler reasons, I can only reveal so much, but, you know,
0: the three Unhallowed. Yes, so. <laughs> the, the, the villains that yeah. set up the premise. Exactly. Um. They all seem really cool. Like, as a player in that campaign, they all seem uh, really cool and unapproachable right now. Right, which and is how they should seem yes, right now. Mysteri- yeah. there's a lot of mystery, mm-hmm. and there are layers being peeled back very slowly that I'm sure we'll get to eventually, exactly. you know, know from a, you know... A contentious, like, hero-villain standpoint who each other are. Right, exactly. And, and that that's good. That's also compelling. It's like, I don't want to know this person as a person unless, like, you are trying to weave that in. It's like, oh, we want to make it hard. You'll find out. Yes, we will, <laughs> yeah. So uh, now, at this point, if
1: you're following uh, Will's guide here, uh, you have a setting concept, a general vibe, a theoretically compelling villain, and some events and plans tied to them. Mm-hmm. It is time that, at this point, I start coloring in the world. Uh, it's time to come up with all of the major players of this campaign. The major players being the places, gods, powers at be, NPCs, governmental bodies, magic artifacts, MacGuffins, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, the important thing is that these are the most important set pieces for this campaign. Conceptualize them, flesh them out, give them a backstory, populate them, or give them a personality, give them an agenda.
0: Yeah, like, like writing mission statements mm-hmm. for your NPCs is like really good exercise. Mm-hmm. Like what is this guy's main shit? And if you're a villain in a campaign, you have a mission statement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, If you're just like a shopkeeper... Well, maintaining the status quo for a shopkeeper might be the end-all for that NPC, and that's fine because they are a shopkeeper and, like, not part of the main story. Right, exactly. They hand you the weapon <laughs> that you might go stab the next goblin with. Sure. And then, like, oh, thank God for Jimmy back in town. Like, I wouldn't have stabbed this goblin to death without his help selling me this sword. And that Little brings up a bunch Jimmy. of moral questions about arms dealers that it we won't talk about here. certainly does. So
1: <laughs> it's at this point at my table that I, I find it's uh, it's time for session zero. Now, my Session zeros t- tend to take place a f- a quite a long bit of uh, time before Session 1. Um, and this is because I'm actually not anywhere done actually writing the setting at this point. Uh, but the players all have very important pieces of the puzzle that I need uh, if I want to flesh it out more and before I can really continue.
0: Yeah, and like we said earlier, knowing your characters. Yeah. And and then they will come to know your world, right? Exactly. And Session 0 is uh, a preliminary to all that. Like, here's what you guys can expect A lot of session zeros, especially the one we did for Omega, also involve like, and there's a lot of cool resources that Marcos provided me that I think I'll I'll try to list in the notes in here if I remember. um, Of what X, like, and this is just stepping out of like actually creating a campaign and actually having a safe game. Mm -hmm. So you guys are going to set up like what your boundaries are as players and stuff, what is okay to do, what is not okay to do. And that might affect the way you're writing your campaign listen to your players if they tell you that there is something that is triggering for them that they do not want to see in your campaign please listen to them like that that is something contingent from for me and my table is contingent for having a game we can safely play together right
1: and like with unhallowed like that the idea of the game is in itself that this is going to be grim bitter dark horror it's going to be brutal right and so like it it's it kind of goes the other way too of like if you don't want to be part of that because of a lot of different reasons you might not want to yeah be, gruesome you gore, don't have to like, you know yeah, things there's like, going to be gore there's going to be it's going to be yeah you know, ugly
0: dismemberment things like that yeah. like okay there's some things like hey wh- uh, you know as a player you can say that's fine but can we be light on the description for it and that might right. be all they need but mm-hmm. you know listen to them and you're going to have, there's going to be some give and take with your storytelling. It's collaborative. Mm-hmm. So when you decide to play Dungeons and Dragons and you're writing a campaign, you have to think about the people that are going to be in the campaign with you mm-hmm. and, and what that means for everybody. Because we're playing a game and it's supposed to be fun and safe. And that's, yeah, those sure. things are important. So be sure to include that in your story writing. Session Zero is a great the best opportunity, I think, to, right, to, to see, establish to, all that
1: stuff. To establish what's a fit for who.
0: Do it with everyone, in front of everyone, mm-hmm. so everybody is on the same page.
1: Yeah. Um, so the the piece that I'm missing at this point is I need the, the characters and I need their backstories. Because using your character backstories and choices, uh, you, you, you can use those to fill up your world even mm-hmm. better. So it makes for a great experience for your player and does a ton of the setting building uh, for you. Uh, they tend to give you motivations to work with, NPCs and organizations that they are affiliated with, and lore pieces that create implications within the setting. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, Sebastian and Super Quest Saga ch- uh, choosing the Iron Legion as this Paladin order made me need to flesh out that particular organization and how they ended up fitting into the setting, change relationships between entire galactic nations.
0: Right, and what that looks like and cuz sometimes for me, especially hearing about like new campaigns, I heard a bunch of words I don't understand. What the mm-hmm. fuck is Super Quest Saga? Right. What is the Iron Legion? So Will came up with nine animisms for a paladin to, to essentially could choose from as their um the organization they work for. like Yeah. I think it's where their oaths to. So instead right? of gods in this setting, there are these Aeneanisms, which are the, just these ideals. The yeah. paladins can work like that. Right. So he picked one called the Iron Legion that followed one of those Aeneanisms. Right. Mm-hmm, it's like yeah. particular. Dominion. Yeah. Yeah. Dominion. So that that's what, you know, because Freeland picked that, it
1: made that organization and that precept like a very big part of the whole campaign.
0: Yes, because the player chose it, it became important. <laughs>
1: the devil got involved. It was crazy. Yeah, space, space Satan. devil, space Satan, space Satan. Yeah, watch out for space Satan. <laughs> it's true, he's scary. Um, <laughs> now it's time to draw connections between all the pieces that you have. Right, everything that your character, your players have given you, all the the concepts and stuff that you you did before. Doing this will further fill the space between these city-states of lore that you've built. Mm-hmm. And as the map fills in, the setting starts to somewhat write itself. And what I mean by this is, like, okay, so you have all the different nations. You have all the different players, the NPCs. Right. And when you start talking about, well, like, well, how are they connected? What what does this organization think of this? What does this NPC, you know... I, you know, they're in this space, but so are these people. So how does that work? Right. And when you start drawing all the connections, the map starts to just fill in. Exactly. And yeah. and the
0: timelines and so, like, OK, so my because of my core elements, which are the things that I wanted to be those things and mm-hmm. the things my players chose and connecting those dots mean because of this that means this and because of this that means this right and doing as much of that as you can stomach right
1: exactly yeah. yeah and that's that's exactly what i mean by right right itself because you're right because a and b equals c well then this must mean this you know yes
0: yeah. and if this if it leads down a path you don't like then change the source material yeah
1: exactly you tweak as you need
0: and, and you can even take that to your player. your players choosing something isn't the end all you're collaborating so the mm-hmm. dm says hey can we have this thing you picked, can we tweak it to be this instead of this? Because it would sure. be yeah, much cooler for yeah. something I have planned later. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and that's all you need to say. And, and then it can be a yes or no. And then if it's a no, be like, okay, well, what can we do? Compromise and work together. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. that's the collaborative part, right? So yeah. um and by doing as much of that as you can stomach, what I mean is like do as much of it as makes sense to you. Yeah,
1: exactly. To like. you because for, for everybody, that that level of fleshed outness is it varies. It could be super scant or just so incredibly detailed. It's like, could be shocking to others.
0: Yeah. I, I'm yeah. improving a lot at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have my core stuff. Like mm-hmm. basically you, I have something that can't be shook out. Right. Like right. by players doing decision-making in game. Yeah, right, right. Like, right. and whatever, like, but lots. So that's like the, the roots and the, the, the core of the tree, the main branches, that stuff's, can't move mm-hmm. but the other all, all these leaves and shit or whatever like mm-hmm. that can get ripped away and like the tree can look completely different at the end of the campaign sure. essentially absolutely if we're gonna use an analogy like I that, i like it i so, like the tree analogy um so my players have a lot of room to fuck with stuff and and fuck around and make decisions and change things and maybe like change you know Maybe because of something that you do, I'm drawing this new little path on a branch and like it ends yep. somewhere like, oh, well, damn, I guess that means this. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to address that at some point. And that there's a lot of fun in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, build your that's a that's one of my tips here is build your campaign. So it doesn't get like obliterated by player decision making
1: right uh campaign should be like a i'm gonna keep going with the tree analogy it should be like a willow tree it should be able to bend and move Mm -hmm. and sway in that wind yeah don't be an oak tree that just gets snapped in half and falls over
0: yeah it'll still be a willow tree at the end of it too yes exactly like it might be all fucked up or whatever but (laughs) like it's still like we have this core idea here that that is going to maintain sure um yeah, uh, I see. I see this dotted line here. I mean, it's time to take it means a little break. It is break? time
1: for a short rest. Short rest time.
0: Let's do it. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash DungeonCast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash DungeonCast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash DungeonCast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine. erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd,
1: wherever podcasts are available.
0: We've returned. Do you have? We are fucking back. I never left. Huh. We, we never do we, we sit here in front of the mic you're the one that leaves yeah it's true <laughs> so uh, you being the audience yeah
1: are are we ready to keep going down this bullet list of mine what do you think
0: yeah i think so but before okay. before that yeah. like we said this is a patron voted oh, right. uh, topic and you can get in on that i mean we we listen to suggestions um traditionally we were like okay we're gonna do our own thing we have a lot of topics to cover Mm -hmm. we're just going to stick to the schedule for a few years and we did that for a few years Mm -hmm. and now we want to like branch out and like okay what what do people what are we missing that we didn't cover already yes like that was kind of overwhelming at the beginning to get all these suggestions like we will get there we will make an (laughs) episode on that one day it's true it's just going to take some time to cover all these topics so now we're in more of a place okay well what do you guys want to hear and that's totally cool you can leave a youtube comment you can go to discord but if you give us money (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it on patreon.com slash dungeon you will have a direct line it's true that echoes through the abyss into mm-hmm. the sound chamber mm-hmm. and out of the horn that makes my ears bleed but exactly. I, I listen to it
1: and you'll get that opportunity every single month
0: yep and we'll 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 write the episode up and we'll mm-hmm. jump in here and and fucking make it happen so Indeed. thank you to everybody that participates on patreon.com slash dungeon where you can go be a part this is at any tier level yeah you get to go vote on any of the any money amount of money that you give us you'll be able to jump in there and, and see the polls and vote and leave comments and have a say And I think it's fucking cool. It's been going great. Yeah, I've been really enjoying it. We love the stuff you guys come up with. Like, they're really fun episodes. So thank you guys very much. If anybody is interested in doing that, you know where to go. There's links below and all that stuff. So, yeah, thanks a lot. I think we should jump back into campaign designing techniques.
1: So it's at this point that you have as much lore, setting backdrop, and information as you are reasonably going to
0: need. Mm -hmm. That's a key word.
1: Even if it feels like the world and campaign concept is still only half-baked to you. You have to remember that as a DM or GM, you are the only one who can see the scant tape and flimsy wire barely holding everything together.
0: Right. You're um, the only one that can part your kimono.
1: Exactly. It's the curse of being a game master in my point of view. Everyone else might see a fully realized setting with deep lore and well thought out environments and inhabitants. But you know the truth. You know just how empty and filled with the unknown it all is.
0: <laughs> it's true. There is like yeah, that. Um that's the way it is. Like people that deal with imposter syndrome and stuff mm, like that. Mm. Those holes are what fuels that. I feel like, you know, like I agree. if yeah. they only knew the Swiss cheese that this board is right. But like they're I love powered by the apocalypse mm-hmm. concept of leave blanks. It encourages you to do this, leave blank spaces yes. on the map because you can discuss those things at the table, and right? Fill in those blanks. Sure. And then it's even more collaborative. I mm-hmm. think for us, there's a little more touch and go there with like needing to be ready because of the nature of making a radio show.
1: It is, yeah, it's a little, little different. I, I actually, I think I have a paragraph in there about that.
0: Yeah, but know. we're, we're that's different for us. Like, yeah,
1: that's uh, different for us for that reason. I
0: right. have my home game where like mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck because of that pressure <laughs> right, is sure. gone off of making yeah. like a produ- a production. Mm-hmm. I, I'm here at my table with just people from like coworkers or you know whoever is here. They're all my friends yeah. and if there's something that comes up and it's like oh shit i didn't really have that prepared hey guys uh i didn't have the spot filled out what do you guys think it should be and let's hear oh, that's let's cool it's like table. a direct
1: way to kind of do yeah, it. yeah like how should we address
0: yeah. this and then i can i'm good at improv i can take that piece right mm-hmm. as we come up with it and be like okay because of that let me just draw out this you know yeah, now sure, because of that sure. this yeah, and that's how absolutely. I'm absolutely forward with it and i think in a in a Tabletop space that should be a comfortable thing for everybody to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I could see like a table not wanting to do that because that's not really their style. Yeah, but like I think immersion it's, it's really might be cool.
0: part of it. Right? Yeah, immersion
1: like, might be exactly. It, it's, a, it's a player choice. Like, it is. It's a,
0: it is your choice as a dungeon master to include or not include that type. Yeah, of
1: like for me, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. Like that's no problem for me. But I could definitely see like some people wanting a little more immersion. um So yeah, that that empty space, that that unknownness that you know as a dungeon master is there. You need to remember, like, that is not a flaw in your setting. It's not a flaw in your storytelling ability. It's not a flaw in your imagination. This is a feature, and it is a good one. Uh, You are not writing a book, and you are not writing a movie script. Uh, The main characters of this story are not under your control. They can and will do very unexpected things, and they will do it all the time. So having this empty, unfilled space is is very useful because... It keeps your setting flexible enough to bend and twist to accommodate the never ending unexpected occurrences you should definitely come to expect in your campaign.
0: Right. That thing we were talking about, like, hey, bring it up to your what do you guys think it should be? Yeah. That can be something you do real quick on the side. It can, yeah. All right, yeah. guys, now it's time for me to go get a Coca-Cola from the refrigerator. <laughs> Everybody hang tight. And then or you go to the bathroom or whatever. Or you're just like, and like, oh, shit, what do I do? <laughs> All right, here's what we're gonna I'm gonna because of that, this and that. And yeah. then, you know, it's okay. It'll be like, I need a break. Or be open about that. I need a break so I can like figure that out real quick. Hang on a second. Yeah. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Role play. And then, <laughs> right, right. You know, go do what you need to do.
1: <laughs> so true, very true. So also I see the unknownness of it all to be creatively refreshing. You may have an idea of how things will basically go theoretically in your mm-hmm. campaign, mm-hmm. but you do not know the details, the nuances, and the twist of what is to come. And that will keep things exciting and compelling for you as a DM
0: yeah and and the you're supposed to be having fun too (laughs) yeah and and there's this um i don't know how people feel about it these days but basically putting a campaign on rails like Mm -hmm. you know that means that they can't you know rip the branches off the tree or whatever the Mm -hmm. analogy we were doing earlier like no matter what decisions they make this will this event the events as you have laid them out will still happen right absolutely can be good can be bad like it's more on the movie script sort of idea of things. And you could lean well, that it way. Just to,
1: Like, no matter what, some of what you're doing, unless you're doing a 100% improv game, is mm-hmm. going to be set in stone, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, because, like, the players in the end are just singular people in a much grand, greater world than themselves, right? right. Um, and so, like, I feel like there's a social contract between the players and the Dungeon Master of, like... Um, you know, yeah, of course, you have autonomy, and of course, you could do whatever your character would do, but also, like, remember that the DM has to prepare these things and try not to literally break everything. Like, don't go out of your way to do it, you know what
0: I mean? Like, we walked up on a carnival one time with Mm -hmm. like these 10 different games that we had options to go explore, Mm -hmm. like a roller coaster that went through a mine, Mm -hmm. a really creepy, um, what do you call them?
1: Uh, a merry go round, carousel, yeah, merry go round, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) you know,
0: things like that. And we we could have just been like, oh, fuck it, we don't go there at all. And yeah, it like, it's just
1: like, well, great guys, I just spent hours preparing this awesome place. Yeah, like, yeah and it was like, well, you're cool. in the
0: middle of a desert, and that's like sort of the trick of this place, right? And it's like, right. yeah, we walk into that shit, and it's like, well, fuck you guys too, you know? Like, mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. it's like so, exactly, you know, yeah. I, I like the the player, <laughs> the, the unwritten. Well, I mean, like we sh- we showed up, we shouldn't like yeah. fuck with you on purpose and like ruin right. the night. Exactly, exactly, right.
1: So now it's time to come up with the major plot points of your campaign story. Start with the most unchangeable things and events and also the things and events that are at the very least very likely to happen Mm -hmm. uh, and put them in chronological order. Um, This is like the outline uh, or the scaffolding of your storyline. Uh, remember that this is a living document and we'll need further adjusting as the campaign keeps going.
0: Yeah, okay, so I think now is a good time for me to talk about mm-hmm. Super Quest Omega and my style for writing that campaign. Okay. Is I'm putting a lot of work right now and I worked backwards. I had an ending scene mm-hmm. that I thought right. of. It was very inspiring for like, oh, how do I get to that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's how I worked. I worked backwards. I said, mm-hmm. okay, well, they could go through this sort of like thing and it can be feel really open world and stuff too. And then, you know, we, it came to start doing the project and I was like, well, I didn't put enough effort into the very beginning. It's very Mm -hmm. important. And Mm -hmm. so then I started like working on that last and it got, it got a little stressful. I was like, okay, well I need to figure out this. This is the biggest place so far And like I worked backwards to it and didn't have a lot of time to work on it before we were going to start playing. So I was like doing a lot of of sketch work on the side. A lot of this basic outline work. Like I I used a lot of techniques for like essay writing too, Mm -hmm. like the brainstorming and then organizing the brainstorming trees into like a solid outline. Mm -hmm. And, you know, okay, here are the people, here are the places, (laughs) here are their ideas, here are the things. And like, Building a puzzle of what this place looked like with, like, all these jigsaw pieces that I was cutting out and making, you know, and stacking on top of each other. Like, okay, here's, like, the diving board. Like, it had to be structural, structurally sound. Right. And, like, Absolutely. once they dive off of it, now I have all this other stuff. And, like, right. the idea is I don't know what's going to happen between the diving board and that scene at the end. Point exactly. A and point B. Yeah. But there are lots of ways to get from A to B. Mm-hmm. It's not always a direct path, right? Exactly, so yeah. all my room for improv is in that space between. Mm-hmm. And moving left between or the right. Between the diving
1: board and the other side of that pool. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> here's a bunch of locations in between. And like, let's try to figure it out. And that is the... That is the structure I used to, right. to move forward okay. with it. Yeah. It's not too different from no, what's no, going no, on here. Yeah. But it was a mentally, for me, a unique and different approach to any other way that I've done it. Because it all, like, oh, well, I want this thing. So, like, I was just trying to <laughs> logically think my way through what the next process would be. And those that means I'm drawing on, like, well, how would I, you know, structure this? You know, working, reverse engineering it, sort of, before it was even made. Right, right. It's kind of like... It's so different. It, yeah. it resulted in the, a process similar to the one that we were talking about here in Hull, mm-hmm. but it felt very different. Right, it felt right. like I was like sifting through the sand and finding the pieces. Right, so, like, which is that's cool. Discovery yeah. writing yeah. is very cool.
1: So uh, next up, I, I recommend dividing your story into multiple arcs, um, whether you do this in like an official capacity like Supergrass Saga or just more like you're the one keeping track of where arcs begin and end. Mm-hmm. Um, and only doing the detailed plotting out at most one arc in advance because like your players are just going to do so much that you won't be able to account for that like trying to plot out further than that is just an exercise of futility in my in my point of view right um and speaking of arcs uh the first arc of the campaign i feel is a great time to try and put together a microcosm of the setting itself so like a succinct but thorough intro to the setting. Mm -hmm. Try and work in the most fundamental elements of the campaign into this arc in some sort of capacity if you can. Obviously, don't overdo it or overstuff it, but do your best. uh, Yeah, a
0: lot of RPG video games do a great job of this, too. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So, uh, example for for Supergirl Saga is the first arc introduced space flight and aether reactors, the main antagonist factions of the Imperial Elves and the Illithan Empire, the concept of Bracer Jacks, the precepts of Aeneanism, the galactic spirit, the historical importance of the prime event, Primina's inner power, influence of the Great Old Ones, and a particular blend of high technology and high magic. And That's all in the first arc. So yeah, it's like, yes, this is, is a mini microcosm of what this is all going to be about. We all got it kind of in
0: here. Right. Our medieval fantasy characters get rocketed into this and they're mm-hmm. getting this basically a tutorial of of the setting and mm-hmm. like, a why don't the fuck you guys fucking know this sort right, of like exactly. flavor on yeah, it? Yeah. And, it's, <laughs> you know, and then you find out from a, even from the player aspect, it's like, well. I need to learn all this language, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because what is ether, or what is a bracer jack, and like, oh, it's gas. Oh, it's a cell phone. Like, okay, 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 okay. Like, (laughs) it's true. It's obviously not. That's very reductive. Sure, but it's the point stands. That's how I, I like. Okay, if I relate it to like, this is a, a type of fuel. Mm. Like, you know, and that's
1: th- in a lot of ways what it is, although it's a lot more. Exactly.
0: Yeah. My bracer jack is like a four. This is how I communicate with people, mm-hmm. this is how I like it's access like the greater web. And super, like- super mega
1: smartphone. Yeah, I can, yeah.
0: I can kind of use it physically to get into like, you know, R2D2 style, like, mm-hmm. jack mm-hmm. into stuff and, yeah. and you know, things like that. Exactly.
1: So, lastly, I just have a few general tips for as your campaign continues and develops. Um, First is try and integrate environmental storytelling pretty much everywhere if you can. Uh, Think about the designs of things, the architecture, the materials being used and present, the logistics of communities and the effects of their environments. By taking these things into consideration as you present new places to your party the hidden story of your story gets told without you needing to do the telling of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it will make your world feel that much more real to players even if they don't consciously notice or ask about any of these things.
0: Right. Like, it's it's it a will... very subtle art. Exactly. Legend exactly. of Zelda does, especially Ocarina of Time, does an amazing job. Yes. This. That's actually, that's a
1: really good example. Um, I've become really inspired by all the FromSoft games, so Dark Souls and all that other stuff. Mm. It's That's like the only storytelling that those stories do. Yeah, like, it's just the environment like, oh, here's yeah. a a
0: fucking like burned down house, right? Exactly, like, you know, that's your clue for what's going on here, mm-hmm. and then the fire demon shows you know, like that's I don't know what happens. I mean. That's that's cold. a
1: really like basic thing, but like, yeah, there's yeah. that. But like, with 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 from soft games, there's just almost no actual narrative, you have to piece it together by reading uh the the lore on items or just looking at your environment and kind of like deductively figuring out like oh shit this
0: means this because this means that and yeah hollow knight does a good job of mm -hmm. like kind of blending the two together Mm -hmm. where they are giving you some lore bits but they're like really obscure at the beginning you're like right who is talking to me in this fucking rock (laughs) like and they're just like we are of the divine and these are our lands and like be careful I was like, okay, it's like all right, and like, okay, there's like, and it's uh, like the same color as my energy stuff, which is called soul. So, is this some sort of soul talking to me? And who is it? And why? And then later on, I find this room I'm not allowed in. There's a rock outside, and it's like, I don't know if you want to go in there and see what's up, but we recommend you don't. (laughs) And obviously, you do. Uh So, like, you're gonna want to go in there eventually, but like, it it takes some time. You know, it's just stuff like that. Right? Like, they're giving. You can see the wreckage of the world around you Mm -hmm. and, like, why are are these species, like, why is there only one of this guy? And, like, here's a bunch of corpses or whatever, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ruins and wreckage and all that shit. So I will admit that this
1: this concept of the environmental storytelling, uh, this is more effective for campaigns that are being recorded, which... Ours usually are. Right. Uh, Environmental storytelling is often far more appreciated by the listening or watching audience than the players themselves. Who are,
0: who are too in it to like see all that because they're, you know, they're doing yeah. this. Or they're doing that. It was hard for me in Saga. Like yeah, my it's... brain wasn't like listening for those things. I was listening for like, I need to be on my mechanics and like, right. like exactly play the game. And
1: part of that is because we know it's being recorded. So uh-huh. that, that plays its part there. Um, but what's cool is the, the, the reason it's more effective or the payoffs higher is because, well, because they're recorded people could go back and you and me can go back and listen multiple times. Yeah. And now I don't pick have to worry up about on any those of those things. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and it is really rewarding. Like, I really appreciate players like Jake who are going to be Oh taking, yeah, Jake's great. <laughs> taking notes as they go. Like, okay, I don't need to worry about it if I just yeah. jot down a quick note that I can reference real quick. My brain can continue to focus on the uh, mechanical side of things. But... Uh, as I as I continued into the campaign, I kept trying new things and having to learn as I go. Like, okay, now I'm gonna try. I tried the warlock. Now I'm gonna try, and this is light spoilers for Saga, but now I'm gonna try the wizard, mm-hmm. and I want to try the rogue, and I'm gonna do a bunch of stuff and <laughs> yeah. like try to make this build work because I want to be bring mechanical interest to the to that too and that side. But that's all just like you. If you're not recording your games, you don't really got to worry about that stuff. You don't. You uh, so don't, yeah. my what my real recommendation is. Take notes yeah. as a player, because some things can enrich the experience. Um, also, I guess one one
1: thing I'll add to the whole recording thing is like, we we're doing this for for shows and, and all that other stuff.
0: But for it, fucking internet cloud. Yeah,
1: if <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like, you don't have to have a channel or anything to record your sessions. To get something out of it because recording your sessions and and then going back years later to to reminisce on it or to re experience it, like that it that in itself can be worth it just to record. So yeah, and as an audio
0: guy, like if you guys want something that is gonna be decent quality and not break the bank too hard, uh zoom H six is like a really nice piece of equipment. We have that as a back. Actually, Jake has it. I need to get that shit from him. Um (laughs) But you can put a microphone on the top of that thing, it has like a plugin for. It's plugins for individual mics, but it also has a plate like a like a. You can record like with it mic? as a mic yeah. for a room. Yeah, a lot of uh, foley artists use it in the field for like making sound effects and stuff. Right, um, with that one a mic attachment, you could just set that in the middle of the table and you know let it be what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, if you're not too worried about its quality, then that should be that's
0: perfectly fine. Yeah, you should be able to hear everybody just fine. You know, yeah. do a test on it. You sure. know, record something, play it on your computer, record a conversation with everyone sitting where they're going to be sitting, and and you know, it's not going to be the best sounding thing. It's just simply, but won't, it will be good. Be, but it'll, it'll be it'll, it'll work. It'll be listenable. And exactly. You know, all you'll need. And it, you're right. It is. We've talked about that in my home games, like we should be recording this. That shit was so funny. I was right. like, yeah. ah, I would if I wasn't fucking recording like eight other. Fucking I know. Things, yeah, you know?
1: exactly. Yeah, this is. Yeah, it, it is a job. Yeah. All right. So next up uh, is a little bit kind of more on the environmental storytelling in a way. I believe that inference over direct information can be 10 times more useful to you as a DM uh, a lot of the time. By letting the players try and piece some of the details of what is going on out, you give them an unknowing way of collaborating with your story. Mm -hmm. So you may have a particular idea uh, but because you kept some aspects of, of others' motivations and past events unknown, your players might actually draw a much cooler, better conclusion than you did. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Time to swap out your original plan because what they did was, came up with, was way better. I see way too many memes about that, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's really funny. That's D, that's DMing 101, and it's a good thing. It's yeah. a good l- thing. Literally,
0: it's like, oh, that sounds fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> Guess it is that now. Exactly. Exactly. Good so, job also for figuring it, it way to figure it out yeah. winky wink so, so you can tell them later you know yeah, once, it's, exactly. all over, once be like, it's all over hey this wouldn't have happened if you didn't do blah 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 you know and that's a cool thing as a, a separate note separate notes page to keep as a dm things your players did because those were a lot of the questions that you got for our super talk saga mm-hmm. which is like a recap show where we like let the audience ask questions and stuff. It was like, well, what did the players do that, like, broke your shit open, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. changed things? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to recall that. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do. So that's cool. Like, oh, like, quick note. Like, because this, this happens now, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a, That's a neat little thing that you could do as a DM. Yeah, agreed. Also, I think
1: things being mysterious or unknown in and of itself has a compelling aspect that a lot of players buy into. Like, because there's mystery, because things aren't just told to them, they find it more interesting because they want to know what the hell's going on. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, and probably the absolute most importantly, is remember uh, to collaborate and to communicate with your players, especially about their character arcs and their big character moments. you know you want them to have their big moments they want to have their big moments
0: when some stuff comes up it might be good to have some conversations about it beforehand you know yeah you don't um, just have to have a session zero and call it yeah. like the session the idea of session zero continues through if something yes th- things change if something changes story-wise or if somebody's hey it turns out i'm not comfortable with this thing that we were going to do you know right so, yeah i did that.
1: i did not chop off sebastian crenshaw's arm without talking to josh freeland first right <laughs> Um, there's a lot of the interlude stuff in super Jake, Jake and I didn't
0: know that though we yeah, like, hey, you know yo, what the fuck? That shit was hilarious yeah <laughs> um,
1: there was a lot of galactic spirit stuff with Percy that me and him had like long big conversations about mm-hmm. before we before we like finalized what we wanted to happen in those moments, right yeah, um so that level of collaboration communication outside of the game is is important, so don't shy away from doing it if you if if you feel you need to,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely good advice for sure.
1: So that's that's basically that's how I go about
0: my business when it comes to designing a campaign. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add. Yeah, we, we had we had a couple of ideas, right, with um, different campaigns. that. So like FBATS is a very niche style of running games. Mm-hmm. It's very podcasty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Super Quest Saga. That show is written to be a certain length of time each recording session. Right, that's true. Uh, you know, you've got your plot points, and we're operating within them. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, there. Once we start a mission, like we're gonna do the mission, and mm-hmm. like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen on the way. And that's that is railroady and I think it's totally a legitimate and fun way to play the game.
1: I also think like with Super Saga in particular like there's just such a level of urgency all the time. Right. That's like you guys didn't have time to be distracted because it's like you got three galactic nations hunting you down and the end of the universe on the other side of things. Yeah.
0: You're funneled into it. Yeah. You get funneled in. That is totally fine. Mm -hmm. and I don't understand a lot of like player sex that get upset with that sort of style depends. of play well i'll, I'll like, tell you we what we knew what to expect without going in, though.
1: without interludes that type of play is exhausting and in a way not cool well it wasn't but, yeah but exactly with the interludes in between like the quote-unquote what you would call missions right like it gives you 100 freedom to do whatever you want during that time you and know? that's
0: exactly what exactly what you need right yeah. so before we accept a mission it's wide open yeah. but as soon as we accept a mission and go do it okay that's the mission now it's a lot like a video game where you're like making a choice on a Mm -hmm. mission and it's not like you can leave the mission until it's done like i mean it's just
1: like real life when you when you take a mission it's like it'd be weird if you just decided to stop mid-mission and and go do other things and then come back yeah exactly you go into
0: a a more classic example right i go into a dungeon the Uh dungeon is built before i go in like it's not Mm -hmm. like i can go change the way the walls are arranged and shit Mm -hmm. like you're gonna have to deal with what's in there yeah and like some choice. Sometimes you're not gonna have the freedom of choice to m- manipulate and change the environment because you're you're in a fucking dungeon. There's, yeah, exactly. There's a dragon in there at the end. Like, what the fuck are you gonna do about it? Go in and fight it. Exactly. Right. right okay. Right, right. Well, <laughs> there's four paths in the dungeon. Right. And then maybe that's your your freedom of choice. Right. It's like, right. okay, I can go down one of these paths. But sometimes there's one fucking hallway, and mm-hmm. you gotta go do the puzzles that are in the way. And that's the game. And that's that's fine. It's mm-hmm. just a lot of people get upset about that. And I'm like, well. You've never DM'd, clearly. Right, right. Yeah. That's
1: probably part of it. But um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Uh I would um so there's there's uh the style that I'm playing in, in my home game right now is like I just sort of like throw a situation down. Mm-hmm. I love the improv aspect of D D. So yeah, I, yeah. I wrote some stuff and I have some cool NPCs. And I'm like, ooh, it'd be cool if these guys show up and blah blah blah. So all that's gonna happen. And I lay it out on the table. And I say, let's fucking see where this goes. Let's mm-hmm. let's see what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. And so the end of games is my opportunity to ingest what happened and write what's going to happen next. So the next session seems like it's got some groundwork.
1: Exactly. You need that. That way it's all connected.
0: Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the session's time ends when I'm like, okay, I need to figure out what happens next. Mm-hmm. And I let it go. I said, okay, I let it go to its, like uh, – like you know, the conclusion we came up with at the table, it's been four hours. Uh, you know, I'm running out of beer. Let's call it. Oh <laughs> Right, right. right. Uh, you, you know, like that, that was good. Let's call it. It felt like a natural place to end it. And then I have time. I have two weeks or whatever it is to fucking figure out what I'm going to do next. Mm-hmm. And then I do the same exact thing. Okay, now because of all this, it would be cool if this 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 happened. So I lay all that out on the table at the beginning of the session, the first hour or so. I I put all my pieces down, or I try to, mm-hmm. and then sometimes I I'll be like, okay, if they get to here, I'll throw this shit in. Okay, yeah. And so then everything in between is yeah. like, well, well, what what the fuck is gonna happen next? So I was like, yeah, it'd be cool. Like, where does this path I put them on lead? Uh, probably a forest. Okay, it's gonna then the road's gonna turn and these carts are gonna go off the like the, they're, the ox that are pulling these carts are like worked up and they can't make this turn because of the, the intensity of the chase. Oh, okay. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, one of them's going into the fucking woods. <laughs> oh, shit, where do the woods go? More woods. We'll uh, okay, yeah. Feywild? Feywild. <laughs> There's an ox in the fe- gotcha. in the Feywild eventually gotcha. if it doesn't stop. And then, you know.
1: So it's almost procedurally
0: generated. Yeah, as exactly. Yeah, but that's, it's And that's, that's cool. That's I'm, awesome. It's railroaded, but I'm laying down the tracks as we're as playing going, like a yeah. fucking Looney Tune. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, somebody went and got that ox before it went too far fine guess mm-hmm. we'll get to the fail wild whenever it's it's still over there yeah you know? yeah 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 uh, also there's this path I got to figure out where that goes that's where I'm literally at right now like I got to figure out what's in that direction because some thing of interest happened that way and what happened that way and I know that eventually there's a town up here mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. whatever whatever happens in between is it's all, it's all, we're having fun so far. Exactly. You know, I'm not, yeah. Sounds it's like a good time. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have to do a lot of work for it, which is great. I can yeah. focus on other things yeah. and just show up and play that game and mm-hmm. be like, oh, okay, well I know what stories are and mm-hmm. how to like get, how to one. tell them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we just do that. That's literally my improv game. This mm-hmm. a game I play with my coworkers where they can fucking be like weird dudes and like do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> gotcha. You <know>? Okay. And <laughs> that's it, cool. Some of the best sessions we've had are just like, I make up a bar. I make up a tavern mm-hmm. and they just hang out in there for like literally wow. three hours. Oh my goodness. We just role play in the tavern. That's hilarious. There's been goats that do drugs. There's oh been a lot of drinking contests. The piano man gets a silver to play this fucking song. So I'll play, I'll literally have a, like a playlist, mm-hmm. uh, that we're going off. Like not a playlist. Like I could make a playlist with the song suggestions it's like piano man ends. Mm-hmm. And then one of my players is like, Hey, can we play free bird next? It's like the piano version of Freebird starts to play after you pay this guy Silver, and I, I get <laughs> out my it. phone and play Freebird. Oh, uh, that's Okay, Freebird's over. Does anybody have a song choice? <laughs> and, like, that's literally what we do all night long. Oh, my and those goodness. have been some of the most fun sets. Like, somebody pissed themselves. Like, oh, my gosh. It's literally like a crazy Will Ferrell movie style. Yeah, like, that's, I'm definitely the getting the that vibe for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, that sounds know, like fun. And, you know, this guy uh, homebrewed a, a fear bold to be a uh, a moose person. His name is Mustafa Robin. <laughs> I don't know why, uh-huh. but like that's his vibe right now, uh-huh. and like that's the the kind of shit he's getting up to right. is like moose based.
1: <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun stuff like that. Like that's that cool. game,
0: we don't care. Like it's all it's all loose. It's all and, fun like, and games. It's just yeah, yeah, but yeah. It also has this very serious fantasy vibe because I'm putting them in dire straits all the time. You
1: know? Okay, well, yeah. There's the danger you know, aspect. We, of
0: it. we get to the bar, but then mission starts. And it's like yeah. okay, well, like you're at this bar getting a free ride tonight with a free room because the military wants to test you tomorrow and like join up and that's like their pyramid scheme way of getting you to come hang out right it's like well you can come stay the night here for free and eat and drink for free but you're gonna do a test in the morning mm-hmm. and then we're gonna like consign you basically if with your permission of course right, right. you know sort of thing but also here's some gold you okay know? Like, oh, fuck gold and like, very interesting clout you know like i'm gonna go be an adventurer and like oh yeah we this special group of people that showed up at the bar together and happened to hang out the night before because they're all the the PCs, right, mm-hmm. are going to do this mission together. We've selected you to be a niche group that goes out and does a special thing. And okay. That, that's the mission, and that's the campaign. And it's all just, like, literally just laying down the tracks. It, it sounds almost like it's episodic. It is. Yeah. It, you know, and a lot of my experience DMing has been on camera and stuff, so, like... But it, it, it feels... You know what are you doing? What are you doing when you're writing a a show like Batman? It's it's mm-hmm. episodic. It has mm-hmm. it has a first, second, and third act, right. and like that's a cool way to write sessions. Yeah, or that's like different for sure. That's cool. I want a more novel feel with story with chapters and story arcs. Like okay, mm-hmm. they they. Div- they went into dwarf town and beat the fucking stupid dragon that was eating all their gold. And now, okay. now they're done in dwarf land. Now okay. it's elf land time. Sure. And like, sure, okay, sure, sure. now they're going to go hang out with these fucking weed smoking druid elves or whatever. And fucking <laughs>
1: your stereotypes are riveting.
0: Yeah. You see, like, but that's, the, that's, but that's I, the kind I hear of thing you. you could do. Sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. D and D is full of like stereotypes that they created for their Sure. Own, yeah, yeah, you know?
1: absolutely. And you, know? you can, can or don't use them or however you want. You that know?
0: was something like for pieces to play with in your, campaign yeah that's what's cool about this show and doing D D lore is like look at this new piece you can play that you with. could use if you want yeah, yeah like, exactly like that's a the idea Gorgon in your campaign as your final bad guy like mm-hmm. what a dream you know mm-hmm. like okay mm-hmm. cool like or a uh, uh, you know bahamut is mm-hmm. gonna show up at the end and fucking save the day right, right and right. you're you wouldn't have been able to do it if you didn't break the fucking seal on the evil magic blah 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 that mm-hmm. you you know destroyed the vorpal sword that was like <laughs> locked in the wall it, it, like that sort of thing exactly like, yeah the, like if you are looking for inspiration for you know you can't come up with the sto- you have to come up with the story but the pieces that we can provide that you, you can with here the can, tools if you will can give you the inspiration to get from a to b yeah i I, think I agree that that has also been an omega thing it's like using the pieces from d and d which is why it was hard to like this is a d it was made for d and d right like It right, used right, a right. bunch of d and d stuff and it was born from d and d and we like that game right? mm-hmm, It's yeah like, okay well. Converting it to another system is just something I'm not interested in anymore. That's totally yeah. understandable. So it's like, it's yeah. like hard to come to that realization knowing in the face of like what's going on. But those are the things that are like, those are we're, our problems as content creators, right? And, and yeah. I'm really concerned. Like Agreed. You yeah. does, These th- aren't the types of things that the general people that play D&D are going to have to deal with. Right. You no, know? they're not. So have fun with your TND and d campaign, your Pathfinder campaign, whatever it is. A lot of these things apply to all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I what I wrote was system agnostic, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, absolutely. Yeah, so hopefully you guys find something useful in all the things that we had to say. Uh, let us know in the comments. Uh, and also let us know about things that you do or, or techniques that you have that
0: maybe we didn't touch on today. Um, and, and let us know in the comments you know what yeah, the, what we could learn those things can also help the next person going into the comment section to read so exactly add, yeah that's yeah adding your piece to the, this puzzle of, of like a utility piece of what here's what I do it's mm-hmm. super useful and it's a very community driven thing so thanks a lot for for leaving that comment if you choose to do so indeed and with that being said it's time for a long rest long rest Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Long Rest. This is our patron Long Rest, a very special campfire we've set up. It's actually a bonfire. Absolutely. It's a bonfire. It's a big party. A roaring bonfire. This is pre-Long Rest party <laughs> okay. where we drink mead and, and be merry with our patrons. Indeed. Thank indeed. you guys for enabling us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and great job on picking the topics. That was a fun episode to record, and I'm looking forward to what you guys have in the future. There are more polls. Uh, I think we're going to start doing a poll about... Super short saga, maybe. Yeah, in, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll do a periodic one to, to in April. Probably in we'll do yeah. one because people want to suggest stuff for yeah. that as well. Yeah, and then we can see what's possible. And that what sounds. We can do. That sounds cool. We've I, got mean, I already, I
1: already know what the next topic is. So you want me to tell you? For um, for the next patron vote, I think. it's overwhelming. The vote was overwhelming.
0: Oh yeah, we can we can announce that. I yeah. mean, for this is for sh- super short saga specifically. People oh, want to gotcha, pull on gotcha, that gotcha. as well to decide cool. what what um mini campaign we play next yeah that sounds good or what system we use i guess yeah sure um which we've got a bunch of stuff lined up so if y'all pick one of those and we've already we've already got it ready to go if you pick something new we'll have to take some time to make it right Right. and like learn it but you know know. that's something for look look out for that in april i've talked to to will about it Mm -hmm. um but, yeah, what, what's the, the next um, patron?
1: Cosmic horror in tabletop RPGs. Ooh. It was an overwhelming oh. vote. Like, the other three topics did not compete.
0: <laughs> I would say we do really, according to our metrics, we do really well at talking about cosmic horror. Yeah, People so like to listen to I guess we will that. do it again. I mean, it's fine with me. It's one of my large backgrounds in uh, was, fantasy reading yeah, this cosmic horror. Indeed. Um, okay, so let's get into some patron shout-outs. It's been a long time coming. Thank you guys for being so patient. Um I don't think we're going to hit every single person on this one so the people that have upgraded I think we're going to get you next episode or maybe even the next patron episode again. We'll, we got to figure it out. There's there's a couple of details missing. It's it's my fault. I'm sorry. Uh okay, so ne- so let's let's do this. Let's do this fucking thing. Let's, let's do, do thing. it. I'm gathering my patron energy. <laughs> oh shit, there's so much of it. That didn't take very long. Uh Khalil Stanley. That's, what was it? uh it's khalil it's, i think it's khalil it's thank K- you khalil k-a-h-l-i-l okay khalil uh yeah thank you uh linus Hog. thank you linus thank you linus upgrading to oh god i don't i don't know what i'm just gonna air horns you <laughs> seems like an air horn <laughs> <worldly laughs> um we've included like the uh the denomination type here mm-hmm. but like i don't know what the conversion is right like without it's impossible to know Google. Well Google's google. the only one that will know in <laughs> the, this room. The Almighty google <laughs> The Almighty Goog. El Goog. You know you can type in El Goog and it brings up the front page of Google, but Google is backwards. El oh no, El I did Goog. not I did not know yeah, that. That's fucking funny. Interesting. Uh Google has all kinds of weird little niche things like that. Uh Clay Lom. Thank you, Clay. Uh sax Thank you, Sax. <laughs> An annual subscriber.
1: Annual subscriber.
0: Hi, the last mile.
1: Hey, it's the last mile.
0: Thank you, last mile. They downgraded, but that doesn't hurt my it's feelings. All good. You're all over the place, man. It's we all love you. good. Yeah, we we know your history here, J Frog. Thank you, J Frog. Thank you, J Frog. I love the way you spelled frog. <laughs> it's F R A W G G. One of my uh, actually now that it's aired publicly, frog is one of my favorite early NPCs and F bats. Um, It's a like mute kid mm-hmm. uh, Faye Moser An annual subscriber Faye Moser
1: Annual subscriber Thank you Faye
0: Thank you uh, Max Berg
1: Thank you Max Berg an-
0: Annual subscriber Max Berg
1: Annual subscriber <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah they're from Europe Somewhere <laughs> Okay I know that I know what the euro Looks like Yes At least I think I do Oh huh.
1: <laughs> it, if you think it is it probably is
0: uh oh uh david thank you david Woo, woo. <laughs> uh, that's one of my faves uh lewis thank you lewis thank you lewis we have trevor c mills thank you trevor thank you trevor uh anthony cardinal thank you anthony thank you anthony and then anthony cardinal holy shit
1: thank you anthony
0: <laughs> By the way,
1: uh Anthony is a returning uh subscriber. I believe yes. we actually named a spaceship in Supercross Saga after I remember him. Yes. Um, back when we were doing that. Yes, back when
0: we were doing that. Um they returned and then they returned even harder. So Thank that's you Anthony. Thank you. Shouted them out twice. Thanks, Anthony. Uh Zach J. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Zach J. Uh Brian Wadley. Thank you, Brian. Uh oh, uh, they've subscribed to the tier Omega. Ooh, welcome. <laughs> You've gotten mail. No you don't. Well, you might. It wasn't for me though. Uh, Emily Moore. Thank you, Emily. All right, I guess I guess it should just be pronounced Moore. I'm pretty sure it's just pronounced more. Moore. M O O R E. Yeah, Moore. Moore. <laughs> just Moore here. Annual subscriber Emily Moore. Thank you. <laughs> Annual subscriber. Oh. Noah Shoemaker, thank you, Noah. Thanks, Noah. No, no, Noah. Noah Shoemaker. Did I say one You did. What the hell? Oh, uh, that H does kind of look like an N if you shave the top off a little bit. I think that's all H's. Uh, yeah, it's all. Uh, uh, yeah. Thank you, Noah. <laughs> Only lowercase H's will. That's true. Not all H's. <laughs>
1: You're right. You're
0: absolutely right. <laughs> Thanks, Noah. <laughs> have you seen Good Boy Noah on TikTok? No, reels? I don't, I don't have TikTok. He's like, hey, oh cheetah. And then he's got a hand puppet. No. a cheetah. And he's like, what's up? And then they like do a food thing, and he makes a song about it. I'll show you one. It's fucking okay, awesome. Cool. Uh, that's what Noah <laughs> reminds me of. Good Boy Noah. Okay. I'm switching to this other apparatus to read more patron shout outs. Um, ah, in the tier Omega, Alejandro M. Ramos. Thank you, Alejandro. Thank you. Uh, welcome to the Tier Omega. I hope you're enjoying uh, Goblin Punks, the only thing up there for a Super Short Saga right now. Uh, there's some Omega stuff that's probably going to stay relevant, I'm hoping, up there. I have more Omega stuff that I have that I could put up there, so I'll try to get to that. Uh, thank you, Hitch. Thank you, Hitch. Hitch. Uh, also for the Tier Omega... Alex Martinez thank you Alex thank you and welcome to the tier Omega I hope you're enjoying goblin Punks. please listen to it hey also if you guys do listen to something that we put up on patreon like bonus content uh leave like a comment or something let me know that you listen at least or hit the like or whatever the system is on there uh, I I we are so dry for feedback on that stuff I just want to know if you guys like it
1: indeed uh, indeed
0: cool. tell me I'm pretty <laughs> <laughs> uh hey it's Franz Wein Weinkern. Thank you, France. Thank you, France. You have to say France.
1: France. France. Fra- France. Uh, you gotta hit that end like France.
0: Yeah, it's got a Z at the end, so France. Okay. Like France. Thank you, France. Thank you, France. Uh, we also have annual. I think this is an annual subscriber. I am gonna assume it's an annual subscriber. Annual subscriber, Ice Q
1: Thank you, Ice Cube. <laughs> annual subscriber.
0: <laughs> uh, we have Joseph Olberding. Thank you, Joseph. Woo- we have St. Thank you, St. Woo woo. Uh, St. Hi. We've been reading your YouTube comments for a long time. Thanks for coming on board. Appreciate you. Um. Let's see here. We have Jshell two one three.
1: Thank you, Jshell. Jshell, J- J-shell. or J. Uh, Jshell it's shell letter or J, J, J shell?
0: and then sh- it's their it's oh, their email address. Thank you, Jshell. I'm not gonna say where. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> uh uh thank you j shell uh woo, whoo and we've got patrick shoop thank you patrick shoop uh and then we have caroline d welcome to the tier omega thank you caroline ah man yeah i think welcome to the tier omega is cool yeah it sounds cool yeah the tier omega is in between the entry five dollar tier and the next one up was used to be the ten dollar tier i wanted to make a tier like special for that stuff because the plan was to have its own patreon one day like its own separate super quest entity out there uh, because a lot more people work on those projects so like than yeah just than just I. me and Brian yeah uh but we we figured something else out so I think we're just keeping this tier for now um and that's uh that's everybody that I got all right so um, thank you everyone I think some upgrading people aren't mentioned here if there were any from like I late February. Guarantee you there were some. Yeah. So so sorry, we'll make sure we get you on the yeah, next You were you were lost right but now. not forgotten. No, we are gonna absolutely. find
1: you again and you will be shouted
0: out on the next patron episode. Yeah. And if we missed your shout out somehow and also you, you let us know and we will get you. Yeah, we'll we'll get you. Send <laughs> drop a message in Discord, the special patron Discord or in Patreon itself. We will see that and we will get you. Um, it, it's only happened a couple times in the past. Yeah, very, yeah. very few and far between. It was yeah. like weird, like the email didn't come through, or like some something like that. Yeah, um, like happened. Not all up to us, but um, yeah. Like we said, just let us know, we'll get you, and uh, that'll do it for this episode. I think go to patreon.com/slash/dungeoncast to go participate in all this cool uh, patron central stuff. It's like the best way to support us monetarily. We have like deals with our. Podcasting distributor, and obviously we take advertisements, which won't show up on episodes in Patreon, and um, just like our own baked-in ads, like this one. But the uh, the idea is that like all that stuff is fleeting, and our patrons are eternal. Well, at least we try <laughs> to try to keep keep you guys around as but, eternal as possible. Yes, yeah, so it's eternal as, as comfortable for you. So <laughs> come come be uh, come donate to Patreon and help Will and I live and make cooler stuff indeed and we we would appreciate it a whole bunch um we'll keep making content for that um the next super short saga should be done like next week i hope um yeah i could give myself these long lead times because i'm always super busy uh and we'll uh we'll catch you on the next episode of the dungeon cast all right let's let's call call it a game game.
1: talk to you guys later bye